Let's begin now. All right, welcome in. After Hours, 610 Sports Radio. Dusty Likens with you tonight. Thursday night after hours, always a good one. Uh, might change. Might change eventually to uh, 7 o'clock, you know, ladies night, something like that. But hey, will you do me a favor? Will you kill the music? I know we don't do this to you. Getting serious. Yeah. Okay. I'm extremely proud of you. All right. Okay. What's hear me out. Just hear me out. Okay. I am so thankful for you, for people like you, and people who do things the way that you do things. And the reason I do this is because, you know, last Thursday, probably, mm, I don't know, maybe one of the toughest days of your life, coming off a of Wednesday, probably the toughest day of your life. Um, and... I had so many people reach out to me and tell me how proud of they, they, they were of you for your story that you told on the radio about the parade. And we don't have to relive it or, or retell it. I just want to let you know that there are a few people that you will work with um, that will make a, I don't know, like a mark or a splash on your, on your work life. You're one of those for me. Um, you, Chris, myself, Serta, who's, you know, gone on to do great things as well. Ron Hughley. Um, we all kind of came up together. Uh, we can, we got into this industry at the same time. Uh, Chris, I think here before many of us, Ron would come in right after that, then Serta, then myself, then you. And, you know, we were still here. 610 was, I think, still kind of fresh, right? They still had KU at times. Uh, now K-State uh, didn't have the Chiefs, and, you know, the Royals were kind of hitting their stride. We all kind of got hired in that 14-15 window, uh, worked with great people, um, and stuck it out. Uh, this industry obviously is not easy. Uh, sometimes you're asked to do things out of your availability, and you just do it to give, a, to give the boss a smile on his face and a remembrance of who you are. And, you know, you have your other job with Kansas City Chiefs, and Wednesday last week, um, a week ago yesterday, was something that I don't think that you were expecting to ever have to deal with in your life, let alone talk about it on a microphone in front of a city that loves sports radio. And I did some digging, and your story has more downloads on my page than any other thing on there. It had over wow. 170 as of yesterday. It had over 100 the first night it was posted. Um. And it takes a real strong person to do what you did. And I'm, I'm very excited for you. I think you're a great person. I think you're going to be a great father. I think you're stronger than a lot of people hear a voice of. Like you don't know what someone's you know physique is or their mental or their physical or toughness is just by a voice. Um, I'm very weak if you wanted to know that there's no, there's no strength behind this voice. But I just wanted to let you know before we really, really started the show, because you know me, I'm off the rails. I'm over the top. I'm, I'm eccentric. I'm, you know, shock jockish if you want. But Julio Sanchez, uh, I thank you for being a teammate of mine. 
I thank you for being a coworker of mine, a true friend of mine. I'm proud of you. I love you. Um, and let's have some fun tonight. Yeah, just firstly, wow. I was was not necessarily expecting the 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 show to open this way. Usually we kind of talk about things beforehand and sure. I was, so I I very much appreciate the kind sentiments from you and and from from the city. I I got so much positive feedback from this city, um, from people that I've never heard from before. Um, and really that, that honestly has helped me process the whole thing. And it was, mm. man, I, I feel good about it. I mean, as good as one can feel considering the situation and, um, you know, I definitely the feelings mutual, right? Like you said, we, we've kind of come up in this game together mm. for, for a long time now, for mm-hmm. a long time, yeah, probably longer than I should be here. Uh, but I love it. And, the, and, and you're one of the main reasons, honestly, why I still continue to do what I do. I love to do this. I love to press buttons back here, be behind mm-hmm. the glass, but it's not just for this. It's also for our dynamic and the fun that I get to have. And I'm lucky to get to do what I do and, and talk sports radio and talk junk. You know, mm-hmm. they just, so I, I do appreciate that. And, I, and again, I appreciate everyone reaching out and, yeah. and I wasn't the only one that went through. There was a lot of people there. Yeah. A lot of people went through it. And um, like I said, hopefully people just take something from that and, and can, can use it uh, for something positive. So I appreciate it. They say the Thank microphone you. is more powerful than the grenade. So if you want, hit the intro one time and we'll start the show. You know what I mean? Then we can, we can, we can really start it in, in Julio dusty fashion. Begin now. It's the remix. Give it to me, Julio. Not how I expected that to start. It's how it always starts. Thursday so. nights, man. We are uh, we are through the dark days of the winter sports session. NBA's back tonight. I guess I've got to get into hockey. I want to so bad. You know, it's like people tell you you should get into non-gluten products. Yeah, it's too far. You know, it's, it's better far. for your health. You should drink different styles of milk. You tell yourself, yeah, I just can't do it. I can't get into hockey. Have you, I, have I you been to a game in person? No. I mean, I went to they a couple of Mavericks games. games, but there's never been a fight. They're fun. I want to fight. Fun. I've been to a few professional and they're, yeah. they're fun. I think like, pl- I think playoff hockey would be awesome to go to a game. It but, gets intense. Yeah. They say playoff hockey is up there. But we're getting through it, right? We're getting through that time of no NBA, no NFL. The right? dog this days is, of sports calendar. Right. This is this is hibernation season for Binkley. This is when his beard gets thicker and longer. Uh, he gets more warm-blooded this time of the year because the shorts get long, shorter. Yeah, yeah. And you know, you got he just it's just draft, draft, right? Dustman, I'm telling you, man. There's just there's a there's a couple diamonds in the rough, Dustman. Um. But, man, I felt like today, today was one of those days where, like, it was it was meant to be, like, we are here, right? This is, to me, I've always said the biggest debate in my mind when it comes to a seasonal debate is what's better, like, the transformation from winter into spring or from summer into fall. And a lot of people will immediately go to sports, which is fine. We're like 48 days away from the Masters. Um, we are 
just a few short weeks away from opening day. They're playing baseball on the air tomorrow on this station. The Royals are playing baseball. And the weather's nice. It's It stays lighter longer, right? It was, you know, when the sun used to hit your eyes at like 445 on 435 for some of us to drive that way. Uh, now it's above the car, so you don't have to, you know, sit up awkward. And you're booking tea times. Like I call one course this morning. Hey, looking for a tea time this week. Before I got weekend out of my mouth, I'm booked Saturday through Sunday. Thank you. Okay. Okay, Gary. Too slow. Too slow. Okay, Gary. I didn't know you were booked for nine hours Saturday and Sunday and on Thursday at 9 a.m. Do you really have to call? Can you not book stuff online? So this is a bit of an anomaly. It's weekend. So weekend golf is terrible. Um, you can book online. That's how they want you to do it. But like sometimes like you're just they make you pay like for the, yeah, they just make you pay for all of the tea times like right then and there. And I'm like, well, if this guy backs out, he's got to Venmo me. And then I don't want to have to like have a go out and ask another guy. So I just call him. And it's very old manish of you. Yeah. And you think about, and so got a tea time. Finally had to call a couple places, nine, 12 Sunday morning, but this is an anomaly this time of year because it's finally nice. Um, there's a lot of people that are like, I don't golf unless it's 60. I'll golf if it's 45. That's my, that's my limit. It's gotta be at least 45. That's crazy. Um, and I mean, I've already played three times this, this winter. Um, and I'm going to play Sunday and Monday because it'll be 70, I think 74 on Sunday and then like 75 on Monday. But is it just me or yes, the sports fan in all of us loves like summer ending going into fall. I don't. I love swimming pools. I love can crafted cocktails. I like going and buying a mixed six pack of flings, vodka, lemonade, Paloma, you know, sitting in a pool, getting a tan. I don't want fall to get here. I want the sports of fall to get there, but I don't want the season to get there. You see what I'm saying? I'm so with like, you. With spring and winter, like, I'm so ready to where I can go do my two-mile walk at either 8 in the morning or I can do it at 9 o'clock at night. And it's not really going to differentiate, like, that's not really a word, but it's not going to change that much in temperature. Like, it is 58 degrees right now at 7, 15, 7, 10 at night. I love the transformation from winter to spring more than I love from summer to fall. Some people might be like, you know what I really love? What I really love is spring into summer. I I would say mine is probably spring to summer. Yep. Sports calendar-wise, agreed. Fall fall is the Mm. best time. We're talking strictly weather that related to that. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm more of a a spring into, into summer. I mean, beautiful weather, green, good gosh, I cannot wait to see green. We're going to have a green spring. We are going to have a green spring. Hopefully not a lot of rain. I, mm. We got so much rain over this winter. I'm 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 good on that. Right. Like but give me give me the flowers, give me the fresh air, windows open in the house, windows down and you're driving down the road. Everything's like, give me that sunroof open. Mm. Give me that. Vern's voice on your ra- Vern's back. Oh my gosh. I got to touch Vern today. I got a little little happy there seeing Vern. You know what I mean? You know? Like Vern's our guy. We talked about at the beginning of the show about how we're proud of each other, where we came from. Like, Vern was that guy. Vern also started around with us. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it was like, man, like, you'd heard his voice. You'd be like, man, I want to piss that guy He's off. just got such a sensual voice, you know? And, just... and then, you, then you'd see you'd see Vern, right? You'd be it's like, oh, baseball this guy's morning. nice. Oh, big time. Big time. You hear Vern's voice, man. You know the hot stove was the first episode tonight. It's getting lighter, longer. 
It's weather's nice. And you just, you don't have a bad day. You get cut off on 435. Somebody could really ride your ass on 470. Doesn't matter to me, James. It's 66 degrees and nice. I had my windows open the last three days. I can't wait to get my Evergy reminder that says, Dusty, good job. He used less energy this week. Oh, my gosh. Don't you love that? Don't get me started on that. <laughs> my bill, oh, boy. Yeah. <sighs> Seen better days. You don't have to book tea times for disc golf. Yeah, well, you don't have to play disc golf. I know what you're doing there. I see the smiley face with a winking eye. Hey, I'm, I'm all for disc golf. I love me some disc golf. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, no, not for you. No, because I learned how to play real golf. Well, you know, not all of us. There are, there are a few a few arrogant takes of I mine. I can't believe you. And that's one of them. Crapping on disc golf this Big way. time. Big time. I thought we were friends. We opened the show so good, and then mm. now we're here. Yeah. You know? No, I mean, I, I mean, look, you cool. want to throw a Frisbee? It's fine. You want to throw a Frisbee into a chain net? I want to shoot a basketball into a chain there net. Is still, you're saying that? First of all, you're being very degrading about the way that you're Frisbee. approaching this conversation. Ultimate Frisbee there is way better. There is skill mm. involved I guess. in disc golf. Yeah, there's skill in regular golf. That was around first. Doesn't make it better, you know? Mm. Doesn't make it better. When you, flush a, when you flush a Pro V1 on a par 3 with a 7 or a 9 iron, and you hit it square, and you see the ball marker, and it's 5 feet from the pin... There's not a better feeling in the world. That was maybe, just all gibberish you spoke to me. Maybe but, maybe getting laid. Sure. Maybe getting laid. But man, when you hit a when you hit a nice nine iron from about 135 out onto the green and you're five feet within and you hear the roar of your friends go, What? Mm, you better not be wearing spandex that day. Dusty, mm-hmm. I'm there for the beer. Okay. I mean, that's there too. We come back on the other side. I want to talk about Bobby Wood Jr. You heard Vern tonight on the hot stove. Plus at 7.30, we'll replay you the Eric Hosmer interview from this morning on Fesco in the morning. But coming up next, MVP. It's uh, not a biased take. You're listening to After Hours with Dusty Likens on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. This is number one champion sound. Yeah, yeah Estelle, we about to get down. get down. Who the hottest in the world right now? Just touched down in London town. <laughs> Bet they give me a pound. Tell them put the money in my hand right now. Set up a motor, we need more seats. We just sold out all the Somebody floor. says on the text line from the 913 online tea time booking usually isn't through the course, so it gets messed up a lot. Yeah, I always wonder about that. Because you always get like that, you always get that red ass Randy. I was like, when's your tea time, fellas? And you're like, 1 p.m.? Huh. Okay. When's yours? 1.15? All righty. Well, you can tee off after us. Thank you. Have a good round. Sometimes people are just so, like, intense on a golf course. I'm like, you are in, like, heaven on earth. Why are you so angry? Taking a little too seriously. Oh, dude, it's you know? terrible. Or one guy first drive off the tee box, he'll slice it. Shut Every time. Dude, you have 18 holes to go. You got 13 more. You got 13 more fairways to go attack. Chill out. You'll be all right. Have a couple beers. You know? You're not getting sponsored. We will speak of that uh, a little bit later. Um, our girl Caitlin Clark now with 11 points, 152 left in the first, over under 34 and a half. That's the only bet you could have made on her. That's it. That's it. They don't let you. Because I was always telling people, like, man, it'd be a great way to make money. If you could, like, bet just Caitlin Clark triple-double every night or, like, Iowa, Caitlin Clark points, Caitlin Clark rebounds. Right now she has 11, 4, and 2 
and they played eight minutes and 30 seconds. Pretty good. Good. Yeah. That's good. On pace. Over under one and a half WNBA titles for Caitlin Clark. Uh, I mean, do I don't know that she's going to be the way that she is in the WNBA, the way that she plays. I mean, should just competition be a point guard. Is, yeah, but the competition sure. level is, is right. much higher. I, I'd probably I'd probably go with the over, not knowing mm-hmm. who she lands with. Yeah. I guess but I'd go with the over. Right. She's a generational talent. You know. Speaking of, I don't know if you saw this or not. Uh, Tiger Woods' son was doing a qualifier today. Shot an 86. Got crushed for it. Poor kid. I felt bad, actually. Because it's I like, you don't. I don't. I just Tiger think, Woods' son. He could have a worse life. You know? Yeah, but we don't have to attack his scoring and his integrity when he's just a kid. Well, you're just a D-bag if you're doing. I mean, That's it, what I'm saying. Like, people yeah. are like, oh, he sucks. He shot. I'm like, dude, there's 90% of people out there don't even break 90. <laughs> like, what do you? Ugh. I'm sure he'll get over Tough. it. Tough. That comes with the sport, you know? Yeah. We were talking about Vern earlier. You missed him. He was on the hot stove. You can find that on our Odyssey app. All you got to do is uh, is download it and, and check it out. Uh, it'll literally say Vern's hot stove. Tonight was the first show, so he, he gets you he gets you ramped up, gets you all the, the inside information. He's our Royals insider. And, you know, one thing is he was on this show last night, and we had a conversation about one Bobby Witt Jr., and I know that I had some some people text in and they said, hey, I think I'm going to put, you know, money on a Bobby Wood shooter to be MVP. Some guy even literally texted and said, $20 I put on Bobby Wood to win the MVP. This is what Vern said last night that really took my attention towards why I think this isn't really a stretch to put him in this category. I'll explain. You and I have had for years, mm-hmm. uh, Ron Hughley and I had for years where y- you, you would just, I would sense the frustration from a lifelong Royals fan that we've never had that player here. I understand the generation before had George Brett, the generation before that had Satchel Paige and Jackie Robinson, but we haven't had that player. The Angels are wasting Mike Trout. Uh, Bryce Harper goes to Washington. You're seeing every other team get that player, and yeah, he's here, and... He likes it here so much that he said, I'm in. I'll give you my 20s. Understand this, Dusty. Uh, baseball's come a long way since Alex Gordon got that contract mm-hmm. uh, just a decade ago. You don't pay for the 30s anymore. Now, superstar players will still get their money. Uh, but but when you're going to cash in is in your 20s. And Bobby Witt Jr. Uh, buys what the Royals are selling so much so that he gave this organization, his 20s. That's the key point. As Vern elaborates there that baseball, and you've seen it, right? Because when we break down the Bobby Wood Jr. thing, a lot of you, and Vern alludes to it as he brings up a friend of mine and Ron Hughley, who you probably still remember, who's in Houston now, just doing great things. And he brings myself up as well as somebody who's a lifelong a uh, Royal supporter grew up in this town his whole life, went to opening day, had season tickets, didn't miss an opening day for about eight straight years. Haven't missed one in four, except for COVID. That was just a weird time to be around sports. But the thing that's interesting is that baseball today, and you talk about Bobby Wood Jr., a legitimate superstar, right? For sure is a superstar. He'll be an all-star this year, bearing any injuries. 
He will put up numbers this year, barring any injuries. And like Vern said, you got him in his 20s, right? You look at players around the league that have signed massive contracts of recent, right? Trout gave Anaheim or Los Angeles his 20s, right? Bryce Harper gave Washington his youth and then went to Philadelphia. Fernando Tatis Jr. signed that massive contract as like a 21-year-old kid. And... The Braves lock up Ronald Acuna as a young kid because it's no secret every sport has a sweet spot of an age. It just so happens that right now in baseball, the sweet spot for age is about 21 to about 28. 21, 29, that window. And that's where the Royals got Bobby Witt, a superstar that in years past, you know, and, and I, I bring this topic up because I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna transition it into Eric Hosmer. Eric Hosmer was, and this is tough to say, but Eric Hosmer will be a fragment of what a superstar Bobby Witt Jr. can be. And the reason why I think it's okay that you could say he's an MVP, 23 years old, Bobby Witt Jr. He's improved well in the two years that he's been here. Right? Plate appearances are about the same. 632 as a rookie, 694. Uh, last year, he had 150 hits in his first year as a big leaguer. He had 177. He had 31 doubles his first year. He had 28 his next year. He had six triples his first year. He hit 11 last year. He hit 20 home runs his first year as a player. He hit 30. So he added 10 home runs and 27 hits in one year. Led the league in triples with 11, or I believe tied with Shohei Otani, or maybe was the winner. But he led Major League with 11 steals. Not only that, his strikeouts went down from 135 to 121. His batting average improved 22 points. His on-base percentage, 25 points. His slug from 428 to 495. Bobby Witt Jr. is legit a superstar. And Bobby Witt Jr. could be an MVP. And Bobby Witt Jr., to some, is just scratching, right? Is just scratching the surface. And the GM of the Royals believes that as well. He's incredibly talented. And the scary part is that I I think he's just scratching the surface on what he's going to do. I mean, even with the impressive numbers and the historic things he's done, yeah, it's not out of the question that he's a 50-50 guy. Yeah. You know, it's not out of the question. Uh, we don't want him to feel like he has to watch in the way he's improved from one year to the next. And you know, last year, his second half of the year, a completely different player. Uh, there's no telling what he can do. And it, and it's it's all over. It's, it's offensive. It's defensive. It's pass. He can, he can influence a winner or loss every single night from three different areas. And there's not a lot of players that can do that. So it's going to be a really fun player to watch for a lot of years to come. And uh, I'm just glad we have him no wearing kidding. that royal blue right now. No kidding. No <laughs> kidding. I mean, that, that week, two-week stretch he had after the All-Star break, it, it seemed he even surprised himself of, yeah, I knew I was good, but, man, I'm, I'm – yeah. He'll never say it, but no. I'm a superstar. You you can see it in his uh, body language. You can hear it in his voice. Yep. The the just the maturation process that he's going through. He's realizing 
I'm pretty darn good. Yep. At this. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and you're right. He'll never say it. But he knows he's good. And, and even it's always been interesting to me, and I've been fortunate to be around some really good players, um, how other players are a little bit in awe of a player. Yeah. And, I, and I feel that not only from our clubhouse, but even from the other teams. You know, the comments that we get, uh, even, again, going back to talking to these free agents, mm-hmm. you know, tell me about Bobby. Like, they, they're enamored with Bobby. They see that he's a special talent. So there's your GM. Talking about your next superstar who's only 23 years old, soon to be 24 years old. And he's giving you the youth, the cream of the crop of baseball youth. Someone who also kind of did that and was a superstar was the Mahomes of Kansas City before there was. Patrick Mahomes, Eric Hosmer. He sat down with Bob Fesco and Josh Klinger today. I'll play you that interview in case you missed it. Coming up on the other side, it's Julio. I'm Dusty. You're listening to After Hours. You're listening to After Hours with Dusty Likens on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. Let's talk to Eric Hosmer, newly retired Major League Baseball player. Congratulations. And in Kansas City, my friend, you're always a legend. You were Patrick Mahomes before Patrick Mahomes. How about that? (laughs) <laughs> I wish I could have finished like Patrick Mahomes, man. That guy's on top of the world, and he's still got a lot left. But I appreciate it. Good talking to you guys. I'm one of the few down here that still has some cell service, so I'm excited to get to catch up with you guys. I didn't even think about that yet. Yeah, it's, it's it's going kind of kind of crazy today. So, yeah, it is good to catch up with you, being that nobody could use their phones today from what, whatever's going on. So how did you come to this decision? Like, what, What's it like when you decide, you know what, I've done this for 13 years. I've had enough. See you later. Uh, you know, it, there's it's such a mental and physical drain, mostly mental. Um, you know, 2022, I had a crazy year. I was out in San Diego, uh, got traded right at the deadline in case my wife was, you know, about to pop at any point in time there. And then we moved to Boston, find a place to stay in there. The baby's born. We stay there all off season. Uh, go to California out there. We moved for a little bit to train. Go to Arizona for spring, and then Chicago. So. It was crazy, man. We were just bouncing around from city to city. And once I got released from the Cubs uh, about end of May, early June, I just told Scott, I was like, man, I need some time to just clear my head and figure out what's going on. And, um, you know, I have a a new son now, Jack, who's about 17, 18 months old, and I've enjoyed my time with him. So a lot of decisions uh, were hard, but ultimately just came down to me wanting to be with him and spend some more time with him. It kind of told you you were ready, right? Yeah, it definitely did. You know, um, you know, I was always, especially my time in Kansas City, I was the young guy and didn't have to worry about, uh, you know, start or running or raising a family. And I remember watching Gordo in the back of the plane, and we'd be flying home one, two in the morning, and he'd be sleeping because he's going to get ready for school the next morning. So. Now I can definitely appreciate and understand all the stuff he was going through. You're talking with Eric Hosmer here on 610 Sports Radio, and, and, and that means you've got a new venture now. You're getting kind of into the podcast producing uh, world. What do you got going on? Yeah, so you know the main thing everyone, um, all the guys I've been talking to about retirement and asking them for advice, they, they all say you want to stay involved in the game. You know, if you get too far away from the game, it's hard to get back in. And, um, you know, I really do want to stay involved in the game. Uh, as a coach or an assistant coach, that's a really hard schedule being on the road eight, nine months out of the year. So uh, Anthony and I, my business partner, that's starting this Moonball Company and Digging Deep, the podcast, we just kind of always have floated these ideas out of starting something like this, and this is a way I feel like I can continue to give back to the baseball community 
I can kind of keep in touch with the fans and have some fun interactions back and forth. So I'm really looking forward to this. Yeah, as you retire, you'll find out the season's really, really long. Bob, you had that story <laughs> yeah. about was it Joe Carter, right? It was Joe back Carter, there, yeah. Like, so you remember Joe Carter hit the one of the greatest home runs oh, in yeah. World Series history, right? And so oh, yeah. I, I, I want to say it was 2004, okay? And it's opening day, and I'm doing Royals pre and post game back then, Eric. And and Joe Carter's going to be the analyst for 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 that, Great. right? And awesome. Wow, that's outstanding. Uh-huh. You know, being lives in Kansas City and whatnot. Cool, Joe Carter. Opening day comes. We do the pregame show. We do the postgame show and then you always have that day off after opening day which is ridiculous right everybody gets excited yeah. and then that day off and then joe carter calls me because i quit i go what do you mean you quit i said we got we got one game in and, and he looks at me or talks to me he goes i didn't realize how long baseball games were i said joe you played the game he goes yeah it's, I just it's a lot different man i'm out i just didn't for me yeah <laughs> I feel that, man. As a position player, you know, most of the young guys when we were in Kansas City, we were rolling out there for about 160 games. But the days you did get a day off, you were fired up to have a day off throughout the day, you know, during BP and all that. And then as soon as the game starts, it's about the second inning, and you don't know what to do with yourself. And you're like, man, I really wish I was in the lineup right now because this is, this is tough. This is different. Yeah, it's, it gets boring, I, I, right? I thought of that, as you said, I thought about being like an assistant coach or coach and realized how much at work there is. I'm like, yeah, don't. Do a, do a, do like a podcast every week, talk about baseball a couple times a week, maybe, but not 162 no, straight like in off season. No, five or six guys Ooh, that are playing in the game and call it a day, That's man. too much. I, I'm with you. Yeah, back off that. Yeah, that would be tough. I would. I tell you what, though. I would love to manage. I would love to, to help in the front office some kind of way. But the assistant coaching role, it is a tough role. I, I definitely admire a lot of the guys that do that and the guys that – are there with those guys, uh, you know, twenty four seven, and those guys are getting there before the players and leaving after the players. So those are those are long hours for them. See, you got to be on like the George plan, right? Yeah, roll into yeah. spring training, <laughs> give a couple speeches, get in uniform a couple what, times, and then then skate. Yes, and even now, thinking back to when George took the hitting coach job, the second half of two thousand thirteen, I mean. The appreciation we had for him then to now, I, I realize how much I appreciate him much more now because he's living the best life there is. He's doing whatever he's got to do, and he took the time to come and work with us and that and take on that full schedule. So never really understood when I was a player what he actually did or how much we actually appreciated it, but now – I definitely appreciate and understand the you know the sacrifices he was making. Yeah, because because he was. I mean, it, it's not easy being like a, a hitting coach or whatever in, in, in baseball, dealing with twenty five, twenty six different guys, twenty six different mental makeups. You're you're basically a therapist more than a coach as the hitting coach, aren't you? <laughs> yes, and always there's always one guy that's in a little bit of a funk, and you're sweating it out with him at all times. So it is, it is a uh, it's a tough job. But that was what was so cool with Kansas City was ever since. Basically, instructional league, you know, George, uh, Willie Wilson, Mayberry, Dennis Leonard, all those guys were always around. So they, you know, we really all did kind of feel like family. Those guys were with us in Instructs, the Spring, the Fan Fest. We got to see them all the time. And those guys gave back so much to us, and it was so cool. And those are the, the moments that I've, I definitely cherish and, and don't take for granted. Eric Hosmer joining us here on 610 Sports Radio. Newly retired. You mentioned uh, working out with Moose. You couldn't outlast Moose, huh? He's back. <laughs> We all knew Moose was a baseball rap, man. You can't get him away from there. you got to tear the jersey off of him. So uh, I'll be pulling for him. I, I definitely can't wait to, you know, follow him throughout spring training. And even last year, he, uh, you know, went to Colorado on a non-roster invite, hit about 700 in spring, made that team. So 
I'm excited to see what Moose has in store for us this year. You say rip the jersey off him. You're actually going to be able to do that this year with how bad these jerseys are, aren't you? (laughs) They're different, man. They are certainly different. There's a little see-through in the pants there, which I know the players aren't loving. And then, uh, I don't know, they don't look bad. It's just the the letters on the the name. They're a little small, and maybe that takes away from – the, the big league in the jersey, but I know they'll fix it. I'm sure they'll fix it by opening day. No, I'm sure they will, too. Eric Hosmer with us here on 610 Sports Radio. All right, so you left Kansas City when you did, took the free agent deal out in San Diego. You went from being a legend and a superstar in Kansas City to just kind of being a dude out in San Diego. How difficult was that transition for you, going from a place where you could do no wrong to a new place where you basically had to try to prove yourself again? Seemed. Yeah. yeah, it was it was definitely a uh, transition, you know, and, and that's something that's cool about the podcast of what we got going on is, um, you know, we get to dig a little deeper into some of these stories and, and the free agent process and how that all went down. And, you know, during all that time, you know, I definitely wanted to kind of speak my piece and at least have a little little message to the Kansas City fans on what went down. But when you're a player, when you're in the thick of things, you know, it's just kind of it doesn't happen like that. And at the same time, you know, I was fully committed and, and going to San Diego and trying to turn that place around and trying to do what I could uh, just didn't work out that way. You know, they ended up becoming pretty good, having some really competitive teams and spending a lot of money there a couple of years after uh, I first signed there. But two completely different dynamics. You know, I was the young guy like we talked about, um, you know, couldn't really do wrong in Kansas City. And then I was the guy that was getting paid in San Diego, not really performing the way I should have been or envisioned to be. So, you know, you got to take a lot of heat for that, and I and I certainly understand that. But um, you know, it didn't work out the way I did or the way I wanted, and that's just kind of how it goes sometimes. Do you do you look back at that and go, man, I should have just stayed in Kansas City and been the king here? I mean, like we talked about, Bob, there's a lot of things that we can really dive into, and um, at the end of the day, I had to make a decision that was best for me and my family, and that was going to set me and my family up for for life. You know, and. Um, yeah, I, there is times where, man, it was it would be nice to, to have one jersey. And, you know, I watched Salvi from afar and, and to see how special that is. But at the end of the day, the, the game's in a different place. And the whole, you know, play with one jersey, your whole career thing isn't, um, you know, when I grew up, it was a, a common thing. And I think now it's not as common. So, you know what, man, it, it's a decision that I really don't regret because at the end of the day, I had to take care of my family. But, it was so cool because even when I was with San Diego, there would be Kansas City fans that were in the stands at some of the games, and they'd be wearing the Royals shirt, the Royals hat, and we would always kind of make eye contact and give each other a nod. So that bond will never break, and it was always super strong. Yeah, that gives me goosebumps thinking about that because when you when you guys came onto the scene, we were talking about the first day you got called up, and it was Hosmer Mania and how excited everybody was. And then you did something in this town, Eric, that n- nobody had done since George Brett. You won a championship, right? The Chiefs were not doing anything. You guys went well, out there. I thought there, you said bought, drink, I say, bought, bought, bought drinks. Bought drinks and McFadden. I think that went know, a long way. That yeah. went a long yeah, way, yeah. too. But <laughs> but that came because of the winning. In, like I know I've talked to Dayton about this. Like I, I've asked Dayton. And I'll ask him again when I see him, like, do you realize what you accomplished here in Kansas City? He's like, nah, not really. Like, like what you guys did in 14 and 15, not only did you change sports in this town, you changed this entire community around from a city that went to go, eh, maybe we can't, to a city that went, yeah, we can. And it was because of you guys. Like, you guys will always have this profound impact on our city, man. I appreciate that. And, and I will say um, I am certainly team JJ and Sharpie all the way, but – Dayton deserves a statue in front of that stadium because he's the one that changed that whole entire culture. 
he instilled all that from day one with us in the minor leagues to the big leagues that we were going to change this city. We were going to change how the fan base is enjoying baseball. We're going to turn this around and we're going to bring winning baseball to Kansas City. And he never got off that message. I mean, there was, like we all know, during a baseball season, there's a lot of ups, there's a lot of downs. And even throughout the downs, he never came off that message. So he really had us buying into it. And, um, you know, Dayton is, is my biggest mentor in baseball. I've been talking to him, you know, weekly about the decision coming up just because I – I really do embrace his uh, his mentorship on me so much, and he's a guy that really changed everything there in Kansas City. And um, you know, I know the fans appreciate him, but man, he's he was the one that made it all happen. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, he was fantastic in in, in turning this thing around. And as Bob mentioned, you guys kind of jump started the I, I think the winning, the city, the the feel good. You you pushed the Chiefs as well. I know you're you're tight with with Travis, and you've known Patrick and. Uh, Andy Reid has discussed like the Royals kind of kickstarting what they did across the parking lot. Now that you see where they're at, um, what are your eyes from afar as to what your buddies on the Chiefs have accomplished? Oh man, they! I mean, it's amazing how long they've sustained this run. I mean, they've been what is it, 2016 or 17, whenever they first started winning, all the way up until now. Um, but it, it, it's just so cool to see it all from the beginning and and how it all happened. You know, I remember. Trav brought uh, Mahomes to a game one time, and it was like, man, this is a young rookie they just drafted. And I remember Trav telling us all he's going to be the real deal. And, I mean, he's going to be – Mahomes is going to be like Michael Jordan to my son. So it's it's unreal how I got to see all the behind-the-scenes type stuff and how that all grew. And, you know, Trav's a guy that, um, you know, through all this success, through all the fame, he hasn't changed at all. And, you know, I really do love that guy, and I'm so happy for him and everything that he's accomplished, and uh, it doesn't look like those guys are slowing down anytime soon. I'm, I'm just envisioning in the future, Bob. Right. Okay. Eric, Eric's still in the line with us. Envisioning the future. Um, Eric's having this discussion with his, with his son. He's like, I knew that guy win. Yeah. And his kid's like, yeah, whatever, whatever, Dad. <laughs> sure he did. You knew Mahomes win, you know, before he was ever Mahomes. First yeah. I go, you knew Mahomes? No way, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, a funny story. I called Gary over at Tibble down in the plaza one time, and it was Patrick's rookie year. And uh, it was like a week after he did the, I think it was like the, the no-look pass or something like that. It might have been in Denver. And Gary picks up the phone. And he goes, hey, Eric, I got a new assistant. He wants to talk to you. And it was Patrick. And he's like, hey, man, you know, congrats on all the stuff you guys have done with the Royals. And I'm like, man, I'm working out with my group right now in the offseason, and we're all doing the no-look pass right now. And it was a cool little exchange we had. But those guys, man, they've done it. They've done so well on the field, but not only that, off the field as well. They're they're killing it. I'm so happy for them. Yeah, it's it, it, speaking of killing it. I mean, Travis Kelsey himself is just like he's got a meal ticket to anywhere he wants when he's done playing football. What's it been like to watch this Taylor Swift dynamic? Because as a dad with two daughters, this has been the greatest thing that I've ever experienced. <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, he brought a whole uh, fan base from to watch football i mean you know they they were all obviously taylor swift fans now they all love football so it's amazing to see how that's all turned out but um again like through everything he hasn't changed at all man he's the same guy every time you see him you feel like you've just talked to him the other day and everything's been same and normal so just so happy for all those guys so happy for all those all their success and it really is amazing with all the opportunities they've had off the field how they continue to stay so locked in on the field and continue to win championships. You have talked with Eric Hosmer here on 610 Sports Radio. When are we going to see you back in Kansas City? Because, it, I mean, we're talking, Eric, and I hate to say this, this is a 10-year anniversary of that first World Series performance. 
Yeah, that's coming up. And then um, I don't know if I'm ruining any plans or anything, but next year or this coming year we're having a reunion for the 14 team, which is going to be awesome and it's going to be a lot of fun. And I know they want to do some events. And then someone said something about them throwing a party over at McFadden's. And I've never heard of that place, so I'm excited That'd to be awesome. see what that's all about. <laughs> That'd be great. So you're going to do that this summer, the 14 team, and then you're going to have to come back next year and do another one for the 15 team, right? Yes, but we're putting it on Bobby Witt's tab. He's got paid. He's got big money over there, so we're going to shoot that over to him. I think that's a good idea. Okay, mm-hmm. um, so so you've got that going on with, with the with the fourteen team. When you when you celebrate fifteen, will Johnny Gomes be part of the deal? Absolutely, will man. Everyone that was in that building is going to be part of it. And Johnny's a guy I actually talk to quite a bit still. And man, he was he was a huge part of that team. And that's a. Uh, those are the stuff that really I'm excited to to kind of share with people is there's certain people that are in a locker room and, you know, certain fan bases do get it. I do think Kansas City understands, especially like a guy like Dyson and how much he meant to our clubhouse and how he basically ran our clubhouse inside of it. And when, when Johnny came over, just seeing how locked in he was, locked in he was on a day-to-day basis, the little tips he was getting, he was calling people throughout the league to see if they had any information on guys we were playing in the playoffs. So he'll definitely be a big part of it, man. Johnny Gomes is he seems like a character on the outside, but that dude is all about winning, man, and he is a he was a big part of it. Speaking of uh, of characters, Ned has kind of taken on the life of a new character here on the show. Anytime we need something like done or think something needs to be done, we're like, "Oh, Ned could handle that." Like like we're t- like changing a tire, <laughs> like I don't know whatever it is, you know, wh- whatever it is like Ned could do that kind of stuff. Looking back on your career now and and having him as your manager, like what was it like every day going in there with Ned knowing that this guy could do anything? You like we made the joke that like ned didn't know covid was going on that's how secluded he was at the farm (laughs) that is ned is awesome man and i tell you what each year that i was away from ned and the royals and all that i appreciated him that much more because like you guys said he makes it seem like he doesn't know what's going on but he knows exactly what's going on he knows the heartbeat of the team he can see when a guy's a little down certain days and he's going to connect with that guy to lift him up and you know there were so many uh growth moments and growing pains that I went through personally with Ned. We all went through with Ned, but he was just so consistent with us. And, um, you know, he deserves to be, to be praised like how he is in Kansas city. And, you know, I got to see a lot of the stuff last year of him getting into the Royals hall of fame and them doing the ceremony on the field as well as Locaine. And just super happy for him. He deserves all that and more. And, uh, you know, I look forward to seeing that at these reunions coming up. It's going to be a lot of fun. Eric, we appreciate the time. Let's do this more often. You got some time. Anytime you want to come on and, and, and talk. And Not hey. 162. No. You know, we you know, but, Anything you know. like that. Uh, we don't want you to I'm retire after to, day one or anything. some retirement. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's t- do it. Yeah, let's do it, man. I'll, I'll hit you up in, in a couple of days. We'll figure something out. And, and I'll tell Gene Watson and Chris Getz that you're willing to go work for them right now. Because you got people all over the place place in Major League Baseball. You can join a front office. <laughs> we'll definitely do that, man. Yeah, we'll definitely catch up. Bob found a way to get my number from someone. I've been hiding for him for all these years, but we'll definitely we'll definitely catch up, and uh, I'm excited to follow along, and you know, the Royals have been making some big moves, so I really do hope they have a good year, and I'm excited to watch. No doubt. Eric, we appreciate it, my man. Hang in there. Alright, guys. Good talking to you. You're listening to After Hours with Dusty Likens on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views.